0: We are Victim of Illusion, you are listening to the tall, friendly Atheist Dead podcast, and the next 30 seconds are brought to you by our album Invisible Light, available at our Bandcamp website. no chance to win going- Hello, my name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad, and host of the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. For more thought-provoking material, head over to anchor.fm forward slash dad. This is part three of a response to Off The Curb Ministries YouTube video titled, Dear Christian, This Is Why You Never Mess With Pornography. So this is part three. I recorded the first two episodes yesterday and listening back to them, I'm of the opinion that this fellow Joe Kirby is one of either two things. Either one, he is a Poe who is playing an elaborate prank on the Christian community in that he's saying stuff that is egregiously outrageous in order to get a rise out of atheists like me or to get a pop within the Christian community. Because some of the stuff he says is so unbalanced, so unnuanced, so lacking in critical analysis that he's just talking out of his hat, is the nice way to put it. Or, number two, this guy is so far into his theology, so far into this unbalanced world that his fundamentalist theology has taken him. He's basically the soft-spoken British equivalent of the right-wing Bible thumper. He will be the equivalent of those 16th century, 17th century people who say that, you know, whose top arguments against masturbation is that it will make you blind or it'll put hair on your palms or other such weird stuff because he hasn't really said much that shows that he's critically analysed the arguments at hand. He's basically spoken out of his theology and out of some personal experiences, which is a a soft argument, but it's not really hard data. If I took this video to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and asked them to analyze it, I'm pretty sure they would say, oh, another Christian fundamentalist preacher talking about pornography in such an unbalanced and unnuanced nuanced fashion. Great, just what we need. So I'm gonna start the video, here we go.
1: The day they first see that pornographic image, they get a huge dopamine hit. They get a huge release of pleasure and excitement. And that image might actually be quite mild. Now, don't misunderstand me when I say that, but you know what I mean, it might be quite mild, might be quite softcore in terms of pornography. And yet, when that boy or that girl grows up into adulthood, if they keep watching pornographic image and they keep watching more and more of this filth on the internet, suddenly they need more graphic things, more vile things, more exciting, bigger different, weirder things to raise the levels of dopamine until they have started to watch some really, really scary, dark, depraved things. Now, all pornography is depraved.
0: Okay, so this is an example of how fundamentalist he is, that he would say all pornography is depraved. No, I don't think all of it is. Some of it is, yes, definitely. But there is, to me, there is pornography that is good when it's done in a consensual manner, that is not exploitative, that is done for the art of it, or isn't uh, subjecting anyone to pain. Okay, some people like the pain, the pain aspect, pain aspects, but. What I'm trying to say is as long as the people involved are consenting and willing and making an informed decision, and as long as they're not hurting each other or causing psychological damage to each other, then he has no basis to say that all pornography is is depraved. Now, there is a particular scripture that I'd like to get to a little bit later on. I just want to see if he makes this point first because I haven't actually watched the, whole, the video the whole way through. But there is a particular point that I wanted to make. I was going to make in, the, in either of the first two responses, but the point I want him to raise so I can respond to it hasn't come up yet. So I'm a little bit annoyed at him saying that all pornography is because in what is defined as pornography, um, I've heard fundamentalist preachers say that you know, even just seeing the form of the thigh or the outline of a woman's uh, outline of a woman's curves, or something, is equivalent to pornography, and I really think that it's one of those things that's in the eye of the beholder, because you could then make the case that even a little bit of alcohol will make you drunk, even one uh, smoke of a joint will make you addicted to marijuana. Uh, no. So this guy is completely unbalanced and unnuanced in how he's discussing this. Let's see what else he has to say.
1: But you know what I'm trying to say? Dopamine won't give you the same hit when you started as when you are now in this further long heavy addiction.
0: That is actually somewhat correct. But it again is a very unnuanced take on things so for example let's say skydiving skydiving on the face of it is a is an incredibly risky activity many people have either died or been injured through skydiving but the rush that skydiving gives you now i i can't say i've been skydiving but i'm going from what people tell me the rush that skydiving gives you is exhilaration and excitement. But more people have died from skydiving than they have from consuming pornography. And I can tell you straight away that skydiving is a much more riskier activity than consuming porn. So would you then make the case that we shouldn't skydive because of the inherent risks that skydiving has? Or do we then need to jump from planes that are higher and higher and higher and higher and higher in order to get more of that dopamine hit? Because to me, where the problem lies is in a lack of balance in life in general. So people fall into addictions for... Other reasons so for example let's say poker machine addictions now I would like to get this fellow's particular take on poker machines as well but we can say that poker machines have caused much more damage to society than pornography has but playing poker machines in itself is not a problem where the problem is is in the reason one why you start playing poker machines in the first place what you're trying to achieve by playing poker machines and what you do to try achieve that that particular feeling and then you get into the whole thing about uh, chasing your losses and trying to make up gains and what was it called the I think the texas uh, the the gambler's fallacy stuff like that so yeah, I'd like to see what his take on poker machines are because we can see that like playing poker machines isn't a sin in itself, but we know the the societal and economic damage that poker machines do to society. And I would argue that it's a lot more than pornography. I haven't yet seen a case from him about addiction in general. So I'd like to see it Let's see what else he has to say.
1: I do hear what some of you are saying. Some of you are saying, but Joe, wasn't dopamine created by God? If God made the human brain and the brain releases dopamine, didn't God create dopamine?
0: Correct. God then created the pathways of of addiction. Now, I would love to, if he says that the fall did it or Satan did it or some other spiritual excuse... I'll scream.
1: And you're absolutely right. Dopamine is actually a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. God said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You see, sexual intercourse in the walls of marriage is a beautiful thing.
0: Sexual intercourse in itself is a beautiful thing. You can have meaningful hand enjoyable sexual encounters outside the confines of marriage. If God designed sex to be only within marriage, then there should have been a switch that turns on as soon as you get married. But there isn't. The fact that sexual maturity starts at Fort starts at you know, in in teenage years. Does that mean that God designed people to be married in their teenage years? No I don't think so
1: and God has given it as a gift you see sex is actually a wonderful thing you
0: <sighs> that's probably the only th- one of the only few things I'll agree with him on're
1: watching this video right now because of sex you're alive right now because of sex I'm sorry to to put it so bluntly
0: no please talk about talk bluntly you know you haven't said masturbation you haven't said all these other terms that I really wanted you to say to show that you're not pulling punches, but all you've said is like wrong thoughts and things you do to yourself and stuff like that. So he gets really coy at saying the word sex, but actually, no, no, he's so coy and so shy and so fundamentalist that he even shies at saying the word sex. He doesn't say any of the other stuff that, I really would like him to save it, but anyway.
1: But it's true, isn't it? And mm-hmm. God gives us dopamine when a married
0: No, God doesn't give us dopamine. Our brains give us dopamine as part of the neural structure that homo sapiens have that has evolved over kajillions of years. So even if you wanted to argue God did it, The best you can say is God did it through evolutionary mechanisms.
1: Couple have intercourse with one another. Dopamine is released. But you see, the devil has exploited dopamine because he knows that dopamine is released when... (laughs) Ah!
0: (laughs) So, yes, so the devil knows about dopamine. (laughs) This is... This makes this makes Satan actually pretty smart. This should, this should make Satan the science advisor to you know the White House and to and to all the governments around the world because it seems that it seems that Satan can actually exploit science more than what God can. There's, again, this is what I mean by this un unbal- this unbalanced and unnuanced take on on the topic. As soon as you start talking about Satan, then. You've lost you've lost touch with reality.
1: When a a man or woman have sex inside of marriage, it's released. He has tricked millions, perhaps even billions of people around the world that when they watch pornography, the human brain thinks it is having sex.
0: Correct, but I don't think Satan did that. That is a normal human thing. Oh boy. Satan gets blamed for a lot of things and people watching pornography is, is, is one of them.
1: So it releases dopamine. When you watch pornography, you are watching the devil's television network.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. This-, <laughs> this is why I say this guy is either a poe Or he's so- he's got his head up his theological backside so far that he can't see- he can't see reality. Oh, but the devil's (laughs) television. Oh, lordy. Oh, boy. Sorry. This is- this is just so outrageously bad that I'm- (sighs) I'm now starting to think this guy's a Poe. Here, let's see what else.
1: And he has got millions of people around the world deceiving themselves as they're clicking on images, thinking that they are having sex. But of course, they know they're not.
0: Yes, it's quite clear that and this may be for the same reason why horror movies work as well, in that the thrill of being excited and the thrill of the danger is what makes horror movies so compelling and so addictive. But are you then going to say that horror movies are the devil's television network or rom-coms? There's a particular reason why women in particular get very sentimental watching rom-coms. Now, is that because they're watching the devil's television network as well? Oh,
1: boy. And the devil knows they're not. But the human brain cannot tell the difference. And that's why pornography is so addictive.
0: Then by that measure, sex should be addictive as well. Now, in some aspects, yes. But the same argument he can make about pornography could also be made about sex in itself. And I haven't quite heard him make that point.
1: So how do you know if pornography has messed up your dopamine receptors in your brain? Well, one of the signs is this. Do you ever feel like when you're in a conversation with other people, everyone else is engaged, but you feel totally bored?
0: That could be with anything, any addiction in particular. It doesn't have to be pornography. So this is, again, why I feel he's unbalanced in that anything, everything he's saying about pornography could also be made about any addiction whatsoever. And two, the fact that he has stated outright saying that all pornography is bad, then yeah, he's just not presenting the facts dispassionately, I suppose is the best way to put it. Do you
1: struggle to concentrate on your studies? Because did you know this? The brain will release dopamine when you're working on a project. The brain will release dopamine when you're watching a movie. Do you struggle to sit down and watch a movie? Do you feel like you've sort of got ADHD kind of symptoms? That is a sign that your dopamine receptors are all off. And the only time you might feel comfort and you...
0: Then he's describing ADHD. Not necessarily addiction to pornography.
1: Might feel safe is when you're watching pornography. That's how you know
0: you're in a total mess. Well, he's already said what his resolution is. Go to the Lord. But yeah, I think the best way is actually to go get professional help. I just wonder. So at the moment, we're 13 minutes 20 into the video. Out of 23... And I've heard him make more religious references than he has scientific references or referenced references to professional help. But let's see what else he has to say
1: but here's something positive to remember when you overcome your pornography addiction and notice how i use the word when the bible says we are dead to our sins and i believe you really can get free from this if you really want to you can get free from this addiction but when you finally come on
0: but how do you get free from the addiction is the is the pressing point
1: Pornography. Your dopamine receptors will go back to normal, and your brain can heal itself. So you can enjoy time with your family. You can enjoy a movie. A phone call isn't boring anymore, and you're not scrolling through your phone as as your friends talking to you. No, you're able to listen and concentrate. So just remember that everything can go back to normal, and you can enjoy the small blessings that God gives us that really make up life. So let me give you a couple of tips on how you
0: can reset your brain. Okay, this is sit down. I can't wait to hear what this guy has to say. But again, he's describing addiction in general. So I don't quite get why the specific case about pornography. But anyway, this is what fundamentalist Christians do. They need to talk within themselves and rely on each other as sources and talk about marginal issues as if they're the general case. Let's see what his, his tips are.
1: One of the things you want to think about doing is what's called a dopamine detox. So all these things which give you big dopamine hits, you want to withdraw from them completely and try and let your brain go back to normal, natural levels where just having a drink of water even gives you a a sense of pleasure and and
0: thankfulness, if you like. Drink water! Yay! Now, I... I do agree with the general principle of what he's saying here. In that, yes, our brains can be addicted to dopamine, and there was actually a thing called dopamine fasting, which apparently lots of people in Silicon Valley use to to get by. But it really should be done as part of a wider framework of therapy, So, how do we do that?
1: Well, I think it's brilliant if if you can get away on a short-term mission trip, or if you can go away with your family on a vacation, have a time...
0: Short-term mission trip! Jesus! Yay! (laughs) Again, this is what I say, he's made more references to religion than he has to proper professional counseling and therapy and psychotherapy and CBT or EMDR or stuff like that the closest he's got is a vague reference to dopamine fasting wow
1: i'm away where perhaps you leave all of your electronic devices you you have no time or you have minimal time on the internet get away and just spend some time with people that will really help your brain have a couple of weeks chance to heal. And then when you come back from your breakaway, make sure you're really self-aware of all of the triggers and think, right, wow, I've had this time away now. I've had a chance for my brain to heal. I must not now fall back into the same habits because my brain already feels so much better and so much clearer now I've been away from pornography.
0: Okay, so this is, again, this guy has his head so far up his theological backside that he's he's actually giving some what I think is fairly damaging advice. Just in that if you are already in the throes of addiction, having, having a two-week detox is... Is a good start, but it doesn't address why the addiction is there in the first place. Now, I'm no no expert, but like, for example, he did mention in the first response video that I did that he talked about stresses in life, or that can be a driver for addiction. Uh, And one of the most famous examples is Tiger Woods. Probably about ten years ago or so, Tiger Woods got caught firstly in one affair, then two affairs, then three affairs, and then five, and then ten, and then uh, and then quite a lot. And the reality is, is that someone like Tiger Woods, being a high-performing sportsman leading a million-dollar lifestyle, and having had such an unbalanced and a nuanced upbringing like the reason why he became the best in the world is probably also the reason that he fell into a lifestyle that was damaging to his uh, to his to his family so and the the advice that he's giving people addicted to pornography is as damaging as the advice that people gave to me when i was struggling with anxiety disorder in that they spiritualized the problem and because they spiritualized the problem the root cause of why i was going through what i was going through was never tackled it was we believe satan is causing you know all these things so we're going to rebuke the devil and in my case, yeah, prayers like that actually worked temporarily. It wasn't until a good 15, 20 years after I first came across the symptoms that I finally got professional help. And yeah, so I'm just thinking because, yeah, it was a bit of a traumatic time, a bit of a traumatic time in my life. But because because it's spiritualizing, and then go, oh, basically what it's saying is just go take a two-week holiday, leave all your phones at home, and just be aware of your triggers, and you'll be okay. That is a a good start. That That is good advice, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you rely on to break an addiction, not just pornography, but an addiction in general. Anyway, I'm going to end up here And the next video will be part four. Well, the next episode will be part four. And we'll finish this up and see what else he has to say. Otherwise, see you next time.